Hello and welcome to our second and final look at the future of comedy. On this episode, our comedians give us an insight into how they approach their own brand of comedy. And we find out that the future of comedy might not be as dire as we think. Does comedy merely reflect the society we live in? Here is our final episode on the future of comedy. Prue Blake is the latest Raw Comedy winner. She also has a PhD. Some people just have everything, don't they? Prue gives us a perspective of someone relatively new to the world of comedy. I think for me, it's just nice to spread some joy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's increasingly taking on this role of this social commentary, really taking jabs at society. And I think that's part of comedy, but I don't know if that's the overall role that it should take because you do lose a lot of nuance in a joke and it is really hard. I know there was um, something in the paper recently about Tom Ballard's set at the Moosehead benefit and someone's saying, oh, I found it really offensive. And then Tom's going, but it was satire. Like I was purposely going that offensive to satirise what's happening wider in society. And you're going, but is that going to get across to everyone? It's kind of that intent versus perception Tell us what happened with Tom Ballard. What was his set about and why did people get offended? His set was about um, people that vote liberal and he was really talking about how he thinks they're all, you know, frog people and should die. I don't know the actual (laughs) wording of it or something. (laughs) Right. So something light. Something light. But he said, you know, it's a set that works in a show and he really likes doing it and he's done it multiple places right and there was one woman there she goes I found it really offensive but everyone around me was laughing Mm. and you're going well that sounds like it was a great joke then right so (laughs) uh, again this this comes back to what we were talking about is who do we get to make fun of obviously Tom thought clearly I'm I'm really kicking liberal voters now but that's okay in a way that I'm guessing he wouldn't for say indigenous people yes why do you think, what is, it, what is it about the Liberal voter that made Tom and obviously everyone else in the room who laughed think this is okay to laugh at these people? What's that about? I mean, I think this is where it gets to comedy as being subversive in comedy and being subversive is knocking kind of the people that are typically in power or the things that are typically accepted and powerful and have kind of lots of benefits. And a Liberal Party, you know, you're not persecuted generally because you're a Liberal voter. Maybe they persecute people sometimes. So it's kind of, it's not picking on something that people are going to be picked on for all the time in their life, day in, day out. It's it's this bigger thing that people don't normally look at so closely. So when that woman said, I'm guessing she was a Liberal voter, I'm... Well, yeah, she never, she never you know, yeah. mentioned Let, that. Let's but... assume that she was. Yeah. Was it wrong of her to be offended? I think or can... she could be offended, but it just doesn't matter. I think she can be offended, but it just doesn't matter. And I think as a comedian, you kind of have to accept that sometimes you're going to offend yeah. and sometimes you're going to cross a line. And the best you can do is either say, you know, that was a joke. I'm sorry that I crossed the line. I'll reflect and try and do better. Mm. Or that was a joke and I'm sorry that it offended you, but I stand by it. And, you know, 
occasionally that's just collateral damage part of the part of the game you said that while comedy can have a social role in the end it's about bringing people joy it's about making yeah. people laugh yeah what do you think the the average person at home can do to make sure we see inclusive comedy i think they have to go watch inclusive comedy go watch different people and not just go and say you know i really love this one act so i'm only going to see them every year at comedy festival but go and see someone different and you know if you i think the festival will do a really good thing now say i wanted to go see a geraldine hickey show which is amazing during the comedy festival it then says this act recommends these other acts mm. and you can go see the smaller acts that they might recommend go out not just at festival time during the year and see lineup shows and you just never know who you're going to click with and who will speak to you i think it would be nice to see more australian comedians building fan bases and kind of being supported Peter Hallier is one of Australia's favourite comedians and currently co-hosts the award-winning news and current affairs program, The Project, on Network 10. Peter Hallier started doing comedy in 1996. I wasn't even born then. A time when many comedians were straight, white and male. He's seen comedy significantly change over the years. When I started, I started stand-up comedy in 96 and the scene was largely you know, um, white men standing at a microphone in pubs telling jokes. Um, mm. and, and to see the change now um, where it's, it, it's, uh, so, it's so diverse, it, continue, it continues to, to grow, diversity continues to grow. And, and just the, uh, you know, the different styles of comedy is, is, is not just people telling jokes on stage and, you know, prop comedy was looked down upon <laughs> for a time. You, you brought anything out of your pocket. It's like, oh, here we go. It's a cheap laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and now people are using all, you know, kinds of things when, and I'm, you know, I'm talking about, I guess, live comedy um, that, uh, you know, is only adding um, to the um, experience. Mm. I imagine obviously some goods come with that, you know, more different people uh, doing comedy, you know, it's opened up the field, given us more to laugh about. Have there any, have there been any challenges that have also come with the way comedy has evolved and, and what audiences find funny? Uh, no, I, I think I, I really don't understand the comedians who want to freeze time and, you know, the old, uh, political correctness gone mad and you can't say anything anymore. I don't understand that. I mean, I would argue you can say anything you want more now than, than ever. I mean, all you have to do is go on Twitter. I mean, I would argue that too many people are saying too many things possibly. Um, yeah. Um, but I think um, this whole, uh, I've always wanted to evolve as a human being. I mean, writing comedy for me is, is how I check in really about how I feel about the world. Um, so I, I don't I don't have a thinking chair where I sit down and I contemplate the world, you know. It, it, I guess when I'm writing comedy or when I'm thinking about comedy, um, that's how I'm processing the world and, and my own, you know, village as far as my family, my, my, my home and, and 
my friends and my workplace and 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 in the wider world and and that's um i mean i think comedy is always just a reflection of what's going on i think that's always mm. always been the case you know and and that that doesn't mean people are always tackling the big issues mm. um you know it can still be about what's happening in that that person's house but they, they are reflecting um this the world and 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 if that if that works the audience will connect and recognize something that's also going on in their lives that they can mm. they, they can you know they can you know uh, enjoy what do you think comedy looks like 20 years from now um i mean i'm loathe to think about what comedy thinks about in three months but um <laughs> but 20 I, well i think like i said the the, the the biggest thing in the last 20 years has probably been the, you know, the rise in diversity, which has been um, just amazing. And, and, and that'll continue. And, um, um, but I, I, the other big, you know, uh, game changer in the last probably 10 years has been the amount of platforms involved, you know, um, I'm not sure if I said this earlier, but you know, we stand up comedians. It used to be, it used to be, you weren't a real comedian if you weren't a stand up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very real thing. Like it was, it was even people like, like people who are obviously comedians, um, like Hamish and Andy. Yeah. You know, like they, you know, they're, I remember having, oh, well, they're not, they're not real comedians. <laughs> well, hang on, yeah. they're bloody hilarious. Yeah. You know, they just don't necessarily stand on stage. Uh, I think they have done that actually, um, but they weren't doing it as a, you know a regular thing. Um, of course, they're comedians. You know, and that was often a you know a real a real debate amongst um snobbish comedians um stand-ups oh. um uh i think that, that's certainly gone gone away now um um and yeah you know, I, I think maybe there'll be like uh some more platforms you know what it'd be interesting to know what constitutes a comedian even now what constitutes a comedian like yeah. you know if, if you don't have to be a stand-up to be a comedian you know we we know that you know you can work on radio TV, but you can be a, is a TikTok, you know, right. is, is a mum with, you know, 30 million followers, yeah. you know, doing, you know, making people laugh on TikTok. Is, is she a comedian? Yeah. I argue that she is. She's probably got a bigger audience than most comedians. <laughs> yeah. I think there's always been things that you're not supposed to joke about. He's Nazim Hussain. I think, I feel like um, we're probably talking about it a bit more now, like, and we're hearing from, yeah, I feel like every, you know, like you can hear from everybody now. Um, whereas I think back in the day, you'd just hear from official reviewers about theatre or comedy. Um, so now we're hearing more criticisms directly, um, and 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 more thoughts and perspectives. But I think um, I think I feel like comedy has always been useful or relevant where uh, on the boundaries of what is acceptable and what is comfortable to talk about. So even when you if you're talking about safe topics you're talking about things you know even if you if it's toilet humor you're not supposed to talk about that normally um which is why it's funny on stage when a comedian goes there and makes those sorts of jokes or um or you talk about things that you're supposed to keep to yourself in your head the awkward conversations you have about social interaction like those are things that socially are unacceptable to just disclose to roomfuls of strangers so i think comedy has always sort of operated on the boundary of what is of what you're supposed to be talking about. So yeah, I just think um, what, 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 uh, what is acceptable behavior in society is changing, but comedy is supposed to operate the same way. Mm. The fringes of what is right and wrong or, or what you're supposed to talk about, what you're not supposed to talk about. 
but I think, yeah, I think the rules around how to perform comedy and how to talk about issues is changing. Um, and, um, you know, like when you're a kid, you, you, you joke about, you don't think about the rules. You just, things are funny or things are not funny. You do things to make your friends laugh. You laugh at things that are silly. You don't know what's acceptable or not until someone tells you off. You shouldn't be making fun of that person's face or that person's clothes or the way that your friends smell or whatever. Like you're not supposed to, you understand that there are rules and sensibilities, but, um, and I think that's useful. Um, but that also reveals that there are things like, I guess, going back to your first question that are just inherently kind of funny. Um, but there are consequences that come with that sort of reckless speak. Mm. Do you have anything that you won't joke about? Oh, you know, like, you know, we've spoken about this before, I think just, and I think that probably like earlier on in my comedy career, um, when I didn't really think it was a career because it was way more fun when you start out, um, you know, anything that's initially a hobby, you just, um, you know, I used to think, you know, I, I definitely grew up on comedy that was, uh, that had, that had, stuff to say more than it didn't you know like um a lot of african-american comedians were, were you know spoke truth to power chris rock and even dave Chappelle and uh, bill hicks australian comedians as well i really loved they were probably much more sillier but i think um you know back when i started i definitely had that idea that um you should only punch up which i think you should definitely still only punch up but there are things that you should definitely not speak about um because um you know whether it's yeah well so i probably still think that let me just let me just rethink what i'm trying to say i think things seemed a lot clearer like just probably like a lot of ideas in your head when you're younger about the topics that you should talk about and things you shouldn't talk about things that bring people pain but i think the the older i get the more i understand that like well actually um you know life is a little bit more complicated um sometimes it is better for it to be for, for topics to be spoken about responsibly than not um and also i do think comedy has a complicated role yes you do have a platform and so you should be responsible but also when you enter into a comedy room there is that sort of understanding that the, the norms of conversation don't really apply here like it's a little this is a different space it's not supposed to be um you're not supposed to be particularly precise with your words you are watching someone that is just being the person we're not allowed to be um that is sort of the role of the comedian so i'm kind of i'm kind of conflicted you know um if someone is up on a stage with a microphone yelling at a room full of people they've got that platform and privilege and um and you know if you're a white man the way you speak about women like you still got to, you've got to understand your privilege. However, at the same time, you are still watching a comedian perform on stage um, and, and you're paying to see someone kind of say things that maybe we hold in the back of our minds that we're not allowed to talk about or unpack publicly um, that we're probably all walking around thinking about. And isn't that kind of the role of the comedian also to be that person to sort of, you know, take the hits, to be the clown, to be the idiot. So I don't really know where I sit. Uh, I'm, I'm very easily convinced by any Twitter thread. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Michael Shaver. I attempt comedy and I enjoy schnitzel. What do you think is the future of comedy? Well, I think it's going to become more um, 
probably more empathetic and probably more progressive. I think just if you look at the tr like trajectory of things, I just think they're gonna. I think they will arrive at a point where now you can't make fun of these people, because um, like you know, as you said, like previously people would make sexist jokes or racist jokes, people would laugh, and I think that you know now we're seeing that with the transgender community, yeah. like it's becoming more and more you know awful to make jokes yeah. at their expense, and I think down the track we'll see like other groups, you know. We that will have empathy for other groups we previously did not have empathy for. My theory is that the elderly will become a group that you're not allowed to make fun of mm. in comedy anymore, mm -hmm. because I I think that they they are a minority, a very disempowered. Yeah. Are they a minority? I don't know technically, but they're definitely mm. definitely a disempowered group of people who are often neglected. And yet, interestingly enough, you can still make fun of them. And I think, well, I'm not saying you should, but you can and people will laugh because um, for whatever reason, people in the crowd do not have the empathy for their experience as they do for other, you know, people in society. So I think it will be, oh, that's my guess that yeah. maybe like 10 years from now, if you do a joke that makes fun of elderly people, you might not be able to get away with it anymore. And I think that's fine. It sounds like the pool of people we're allowed to make fun of or that it's been socially acceptable to make fun of has shrunk, is shrinking over time. You know, you go back 30 years. I mean, you know, if you go back and watch like Eddie Murphy raw now, like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> At the time. I the first five minutes of that and I was like, oh, I, I have to stop. I remember watching it like 25 years ago. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I think if I watched it now, it would, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. You get through, through five minutes of it. And even before him, the stuff, the people that we could laugh at, the categories of people, types of people we could laugh at, it was pretty much everyone. It's shrinking and shrinking because of, as you said, we just go, actually, that's just not, that's not okay. That's just a crappy thing to do. Mm. And it sounds like there'll be fewer and fewer people in the future. Does that worry you as a comedian that there's not going to be a lot you can joke about? Not really, actually. I mean, because Apart I... from politicians, who will there be? I think, well, I think you can make fun of, I, I think what happens is as some groups become more like, you know, you shouldn't make fun of those groups, then like other people will present themselves as the people you can make fun okay, of. Okay, like who? Who do you think is going to step into that space? <laughs> That's a good question. Mike. Like, for example, people are making fun of anti-vaxxers now. Mm. And I don't think they were a feature of comedy mm -hmm. 10 years ago, mm -hmm. but like they've risen up as, you know, the people you can make fun of now. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess my point is, I think new groups do kind of just appear over time that you can mock and ridicule. Yeah. We just like, haven't seen their special breed of stupidity arise just yet, uh -huh. but they will arise over time. Right. So as we lose like one group. Like, Pete Evans steps in. Pete Evans steps in and fills the void for us. You know what I mean? He's a hero in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> he is a comedy hero, Pete Evans, and we thank him for his service to the industry. Well, I imagine when Trump went out of power, that would actually have been hard for comedians. Like, he was the gift that kept on giving, I imagine, for comedians. Well, do you know what? He was actually, I've, every comedian I've spoken to has almost said the opposite of that, to be honest, because it's so hard to make a joke about someone who's mm. already so ridiculous. So... You, it's so hard to write comedy about something that's already totally insane and is already funnier than all the jokes you could you could even try to imagine. So I, I think him actually like leaving has probably been 
probably been like good for comedy. Like Joe Biden is easy to make fun if you wanted to do politics yeah. about American politicians. I mean, jokes about American politicians. Joe Biden's easier to make fun of than than Donald Trump because he tries to be, yeah. you know, a, a proper president. <laughs> so yeah. you can make fun of someone who's trying to be a proper president whereas how can you make fun of donald trump when he's he's in on the joke already like he's ridiculous and you know he's not tr there's nothing to make fun of there almost mm. it's so ridiculous that there's no point trying to make fun of it that's really interesting so yeah if comedy didn't change if we just if comedians just stuck to their guns we're like nah we're making fun of black people yeah deal with it or okay. gay people or whatever what would happen what does what does that do to a society that's interesting i, I imagine it I imagine if you were a black person and you saw a comedian making jokes at your expense, you'd feel very, very upset about that. Um, and you would feel alienated from society. And I, I'm sure there'd be a lot of mental health kind of issues that would arise in that community. Um, so, yeah, I think that's potentially the consequence of doing jokes at their expense. But I would say, like, comedians can can try whatever jokes they want yeah. and the audience just won't laugh. Yeah, yeah. So No one's it, muzzling you. Yeah, exactly. So if a comedian wants to stick to their guns and, and, you know, just keep disparaging groups of people, that's so fine. You can do that. I mean, but audiences won't laugh and they'll stop coming to your shows and you'll just fade away fade away so i i really do believe that like the market i believe in like you know the, the free market in this respect <laughs> i reckon just let the capitalism people, of comedy yeah i'm really i'm very it's funny because i'm quite progressive but then when it comes to yeah i've got a very capitalistic approach free market yeah just let people say what they want and you know people the audiences will, will make decisions about who to support and who not to support mm. um yeah I, I don't think there's necessarily a need to to muzzle comedians because I just think society works it out. So there we have it. In the end, society just sorts it out. I must say that was a lot of fun discussing the future of comedy. Thanks to all our guests, Michael Schaefer, Nazim Hussain, Prue Blake, Pete Hallier and Professor Tony Moore. Next week, we will explore a brand new topic on what happens next. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. 